That boy said, I've got the cash money. Yeah. Yeah, mama. Just for the light The only thing we're all just too uptight And everybody knows they've got the right Cold passions roaming your factions No taste for facts, the old days are back What is going on, fellow streamers? Welcome into another edition of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. All three of us will be on this episode. We're just divvying it up because Christian's not a Mando person. Dylan doesn't have Peacock at his humble abode and hasn't nope. been able to watch Poker Face yet. So Christian will be in to talk about Poker Face. Then we'll all, it, it's like one of those like old school like Zoom breakout rooms. <laughs> Like, and that's, that's what that's what this episode is. And now I push our poker face. <laughs> All right, go to your breakout rooms, and then we'll meet back here in like 15 minutes, guys. Buddy system. Uh, we're gonna announce what our next viewing project will be, uh, as Poker Face will be coming to an end over the next week or so in terms of our breakdowns. So we're gonna add a new show to the docket, uh, which I'm pretty pumped about. Pretty pumped to announce that bad boy. And then uh, we'll get into the streaming platform Multiverse News and Notes, everybody's favorite segment. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials, Twitter and Instagram at StreamerSZN. Follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola. Follow Christian on Twitter at the Wiz underscore PHI. And follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And you can follow me on Instagram as well, KBIZZLE11. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. All the uh, YouTube playlists are now broken down as podcasts as well, but Love you that. can subscribe to audio-wise, Apple and Spotify. And uh, Dylan, what should they be doing in the podcast review? Say the line, my good friend. That's the best part for me. This is the line. I kind of get tattooed on my chest. No. Um, <laughs> that'd be kind of nuts, wouldn't it? Just like, blah! <laughs> The line is that anywhere that you listen to our wonderful angelic voices, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, Apple, etc., you are going to leave reviews and obviously subscribe to the council. And in those reviews, you're going to let us know what we are watching next. Um, like Kyle said, we're adding something new to the docket because they're, they're, they're wrapping up Poker Face, Mandalorian, we're already on episode four. And as we know, there's usually not too many. So I think there's, what, nine episodes this season or something like that? Uh, I can tell you right now. I think it's either eight or nine. It's yeah, eight. It's like eight. Yeah, so we're already halfway done. So point is, we're going to need new shows sooner or later, and your show could be the next one. Yeah, so definitely leave your five-star reviews there. We do read them as long as they're five stars. Uh, and also, you can do the same on the YouTube comment section, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of streamer season. You get shorts, clips, live streams, interviews. We're working on getting some interviews for this podcast. Uh, 
So, oh. you know, okay. subscribe to the YouTube. We're currently, Dylan, at one of your favorite numbers in terms of YouTube subscribers. You want? Do you want to? Do you want to blaze it? We're at four hundred and twenty YouTube subscribers, everybody. Love that. Uh, the goal is hopefully within the next eight days we get to four hundred and thirty, as we're on that road to one K. Let's keep the subscribers rolling. Be a friend, tell a friend. Smash that like button with so much content on the channel too. It's so important to click that little bell icon because then you get push notifications whenever new content comes out on the channel across the board. We have six podcasts every single week going out on our channel. That's so a lot. Go subscribe, ring that bell, smash the like button, comment down below everything we talk about. Give us your thoughts on tonight's docket, and of course, give us your thoughts. Uh, on what we should be watching next. And big shout out to our awesome merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. If you're watching on YouTube, you see them scrolling across the bottom ticker. Uh, they're the best in the game, and there's no doubt that you guys will stand out when you're going to the movie theater, hanging out with your friends and family, or just wherever you may be with the unique designs that PHI Apparel Company is dishing out, including streamer season merch. That streamer season hoodie, dude, I can't tell you how many compliments i've gotten on how cool of a hoodie it is uh not to toot my own horn for designing it but you know it is one of the coolest pieces of merch i think Sometimes in our company's history horn, i think it's one of the coolest pieces of merch we've ever designed in company history and we've had some pretty fire merch you know throughout the years mm -hmm. i think the streamer season hoodie is one of the best pieces of merch it's a must-have uh and you can get your own when you go to phiapparel.co Use code UNDERGROUND, that way they know you're coming from us, and it's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing. You get 10% off your order, and then tweet at us, tag us when you get your merch. We want to see where you're rocking your streamer season merch from across the globe. What you rocking with? Dylan, let's get into uh, The Mandalorian, episode 4 of season 3, technically chapter way. 20. This is the this way. Is the way. Uh, chapter 20, The Foundling. Uh, directed by our guy, who is White Whale Interview, I believe, for the both of us, Carl Weathers. We would love Dude, to have he, him on this podcast. He's had a crazy career that I would like to be able to talk about, and the fact that he's like you know like out here directing stuff at this point in his career and, and acting still, so it's kind of cool. I, I'm interested in him. But yeah, Kyle's right; it'd be awesome to have him on the show. We should have known that this episode was going to have some deep cut, you know extra star wars universe things going on because it was written by the goat dave filoni and john favreau and whenever dave filoni has his fingers over any star wars property you know it's going to be a banger you know when the two are together you're going to see jedi die <laughs> yeah they keep, they keep running that back on us <laughs> particular event they just they just slowly open more and more levels of it. You know, the, the fog slowly fades away and we see more and more of that uh that ill fated Order sixty six the more and more they show it to us. Yeah. They uh they like showing us people dying in that in those holes. But all in all, I do like what they did with that aspect. I mean, because we all we've all been wondering, like we know we know Grogu's older, so we knew we had to get out of the temples, so I'm happy they explored that. And you're right. It was interesting to do kind of like more than one storytelling in this one. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty good. They once again packed so much into a small time window. The yeah, it was really tiny. This, this, uh, like, what, 30 minutes runtime? The, the official runtime was 26 minutes. Damn. 
and they packed a metric uh, back to ton of content into this episode. They filled an entire back to tank with content. Uh, Christian is sitting in the waiting room right now. I'm going to do the very on brand thing. Christian, can you hit us with a spoiler warning? <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your father. And this is a spoiler warning. Please, Luke, go and pause this episode and watch this week's episode of Mandalorian. Or face my wrath. Then, come back and listen to the episode. This has been your spoiler warning. <laughs> electric. That was electric. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. The Foundling, Chapter 20 of The Mandalorian. Uh, we get Mando introducing Grogu to Mandalorian combat training, and they've got, like, Star Wars paintball guns. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I'm going to blast them. I'm going to wreck them. I'm a fire in my laser. I got him. I got him. Uh, Grogu wins a training match, but his opponent, Ragnar Vizsla, who we saw in episode one, who is the uh, kid Mandalorian that is also in real life Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, um, who there's still, I still think there's more about that kid. I think he's going to come into play more than just this episode too, uh, because in episode one, when Dylan, when you weren't here, we talked about it, Keith and I did, when he was saying the creed in episode one, he never said, I'll never take my helmet off, because that giant alligator monster thing came to the surface and started attacking everybody before he could say it. That's true, and had he's to, had to have been saved several times now, so he could have one of those arcs where he, like, turns bad or goes, like, super edgy, kind of, like, in that middle ground because, you know, like, I've been saved too many times, I can do it myself kind of thing, you know what I mean? And you know who he's been saved by every time? The Mandalorian who's taken his helmet off. Din Djarin. Mm, that's very on the news. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so then we have uh, his opponent, Ragnar Vizsla, being captured by a large Shriek Hawk. And I don't know about you, Dylan. As soon as I saw that thing flying, uh, the Game of Thrones theme song started playing in my head. Game of Thrones, that, and I instantly thought of, like, a pterodactyl, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, they got dinosaurs up in here. I was like, oh, this is Star Wars meets House of the Dragon. And I just, start, I just was like, where's Matt Smith? I was waiting for... A certain song in like uh you know Jurassic Park. I was waiting for <laughs> the hybrid of all three. I was like, oh, we're back. Uh, I was like, where is, where is the king, and uh, where where is Chris Pratt? The forest, burn him. <laughs> uh, Bo-Katan gathers a hunting party, which includes Mando and Paz Vizsla, and leads them to the Shriekhawk's nest. And Vizsla, over his over-eagerness uh, to save his kid, disrupts Bo-Katan's plan to lead to a difficult aerial rescue in which Bo-Katan and Mando rescue the boy unharmed, killing the Shriekhawk by causing it to fall into the water below and get eaten by a dinosaur turtle alligator uh, sea monster thingy. Um, I do have to bring this up, and Tommy Bechtold from New Rockstars also brought this up on uh, the Wookiee Leaks podcast that they do every week. Bring it up, bring it up. 
I know you'll appreciate this too. I love that they showed the malfunctioning of the jetpacks. Yeah. Because everything you typically watch that involves jetpacks, everything goes by seamlessly and they're able to get through the job no no problem whatsoever. <laughs> the fact that they ran out of fuel was such like that's just John Favreau, that's Dave Filoni. Great job by them. Small minor detail, but it's a big one. It's a big one and it makes sense because like jetpacks aren't that big. And like Kyle said, in every iteration, like people are just flying around doing their thing and you're like Mm, I don't think so. But You're not Jimmy Neutron, <laughs> pal. Yeah, <laughs> have unlimited fuel, good sir. But um, I loved that detail of like, oh, one guy ran out of fuel, and then the big dogs ran out of fuel, and then it was like Bo-Katan had to come save the day in her giant ship. Yeah, they, you notice it's a theme this season: her saving the day. She literally saved very Din. interesting. Saved Din like two times the other episode, or three times, whatever it was. Uh, so the hunting party collects its chicks to be raised, and Bo-Katan earns the clan's respect. As the armor replaces Bo-Katan's pauldron, lost in the scuffle with the Shriekhawk, Bo-Katan reveals her encounter with the Mythosaur, but the armorer meets her account with indifferent disbelief. Um, I was, I couldn't stop laughing when those baby Shriekhawks were getting off the ship. I was like, how did they fit in there? How do they fit, and how do they not, like, eat someone and translate? <laughs> It was like a fucking uh, clown car. So I guess people are going to ride those at some point. There's also three of them, and it's kind of like Game of thrones There's three people that are in charge, kind of. Well, not in charge, but three people that kind of their weight matters, so to speak, and that's Vista, the armor lady, I don't know her actual name, and then Din. Or, in our theory... Bo-Katan, etc., etc. So my point is, uh, I feel like those will be given out to leaders, obviously not, not children, if they're trained properly, which is kind of terrifying. But then again, not that terrifying in a world that you know spaceships really exist. <laughs> and you know what I say to those baby shriekhawks? Dragon tails, dragon tails. <laughs> I wish, I wish, with all my Beskar, my able to fly with shriekhawks for my in a galaxy far far away for my shriekhawk to be able to fly through space so then while the rescue is going on the armor forges a new piece of mandalorian armor for grogu a rondel bearing mando's mudhorn sigil that we obviously know from season one Rogu, my man's got some serious PTSD. And as she works, you hear the hammer banging. It just triggers Grogu's PTSD. And Dylan, we we go back to everybody's PTSD. We called it. We, we said this would happen. And we said I made the joke with the school. And what do you know? We're at Mandalorian school. So ding, ding. Yeah, and we go back to that ill-fated night known as Order 66 once again in live action. (laughs) (laughs) And we get more details about it. We get the clones bursting through that door. uh, And we get... Shout out Kate Bush. Uh, (laughs) And... We, we get more dialogue, which I think was the more important aspect of this portrayal of Order 66. Is yeah, like we kind of hear. Also, like hurting one 
not hurting. She, well, I guess, yeah. Hurting, protecting one younger one. And you're right, dialogue. They're talking. You heard the clones talk. We got to see the beautiful clone gunships a couple times, which I was very happy about throughout the chase. Um, and you see the ultimate betrayal of uh, clones once again. And the, the Jedi have no preparation. And I guess they, you know, once again, weren't expecting it. And they get wiped besides a... Well, Kyle informed me off camera. I'll say it now. I didn't realize this character was existing already. I thought they were bringing an actor back, but he is badass. Whenever someone picks up two lightsabers, you're like, you're like, all right, let him cook. Let him when, cook. When, when he had the two, I was like, oh, he 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 keep them motherfucking things on him. Yeah, I thought he was picking it up initially to you know like like the keepsake or like you know get it for the child, right? And then he just lights him up, bolt, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we we get dialogue from the one female Jedi that we've seen in front of Grogu before, as the clones were bursting through that uh, that door to the temple, uh, where it's like protect the protect the child, get him to Beck, I believe is what she said. And as I'm watching, and I'm sure as you're watching, you're like, who the fuck is Beck? Like, are we talking about like the the musical artist, like? <laughs> I'm a loser, baby. Like, this is not good vibes. Um, but Grogu gets kicked into the elevator. Seems like female Jedi is going to be able to go. She gets blasted by a, by a clone. And then door opens. And we are greeted by Ahmed Best, a.k.a. Kellerin Beck. Now, for the people, we're going to inform you who Kellerin Beck is. Because this is a new character in terms of just, like canon star wars but a returning actor in the star wars right correct so keller and beck is the jedi master that rescued grogu from the jedi temple on coruscant during the events of order 66 um played by ahmed best reprising his role from star wars jedi temple challenge now for the people who may not know what this is because i didn't know what this was until doing research for this episode Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge uh, is a web-based children's game show developed by Lucasfilm. It was first announced in December of 2019, uh, which kind of lines up with when the first season of The Mandalorian came out. Um, and yeah. the series debuted on the Star Wars Kids website and YouTube channel on June 10th, 2020. Uh, so, like, right in the middle of, you know, panorama times. Uh, the series features young contestants competing as Jedi Padawans in a series of obstacle courses and knowledge tests in the attempt to gain the rank of Jedi Knight. The show was hosted by Ahmed Best, who plays the character of Kelleran Beck on this show, the Jedi Master Mentor of the contestants who is joined by his droid companions AD3, voiced by Mary Holland and performed by Gordon Tarpley, and LXR5, Sam Witwer. Uh, provides the voice of an unknown character of the dark side of the force during the final challenge of each episode. So this is basically like a Legends of the Hidden Temple, but yeah. naked Star Wars. Um, made for kids. Uh, it debuted on May 4th, 2020. A second season was split into two longer episodes. And this is where Keller and Beck comes into play. Ahmed Best. Dylan, let the people know who Ahmed Best is. If you've seen the OG Star Wars, well, not the OG, but like the OG for Kyle and I's age, the 90s and the prequels. Yeah. 
It is none other than Jar Jar Binks. Controversial character. Um, it's him Salamisa. Um, but it's really incredible because this actor, um, shout out to him for staying the course and fighting. Was very depressed. He got bullied for Star Wars because his character was that hated. As Kyle and I always joke, well, that joke is true. Star Wars fans, as great as they can be, they are also very toxic. If you're a Star Wars fan, you know the community was crazy. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the actors hated Christensen himself. Now, even now, they portman a little bit. They all got bullying, and you know, back then you couldn't like post stuff on the internet. You, you kind of could, but there's people were like actually sending like letters and shit. You know, what I mean, there's like hardcore hate. Um, long story short, though, Ahmad was gonna um, end his life, but he chose not to. I think he was gonna do it on the Golden Gate Bridge. That's a documentary I watched that they didn't. And he's slowly been popping up in things here and there since. So it's just kind of cool to give him, like, his return. And I feel like Hollywood and showbiz right now is about giving actors a second chance, slowly and surely. We saw that at the Oscars with two amazing individuals winning uh, awards. And then we're now seeing it even as even on a smaller scale, like a character like this being able to, or an actor, come back as another character that holds some more weight. Um you know, like he saved Grogu. That's a pretty important person off off the riff. And you want to know something even wilder, Dylan? What's that? Our boy Ahmed Best uh, did some voice acting in a video game of note to this show. The Last of Us? He was, uh, his role was additional voices in The Last of Us Part 2. There you go. That's good, though. So he's doing other yeah. things. Uh, so this was like a deep, deep, deep cut of a character in the Star Wars universe to be brought into full-blown major canon, which is so up Dave Filoni's alley. Um, there were lots of people asking Ahmed Best, like, is Keller and Beck going to make a return? Like, is, is this, you know, is your character going to be reprised? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, I haven't heard anything, but I still have a lot of storytelling to do with this character, so I'd love to. I feel like this, I mean... We obviously don't know the full extent of the future of the character post well, rescuing well, Grogu no, and everything. to Imperial scientists, so. <laughs> um, so I'm sure we're going to find out more about what happens to Keller and Beck, but like, I would love to have more of him. I mean, a Jedi that, like we said, has two lightsabers. Like, that's that's big time stuff right there. Um, <laughs> he was a badass man like what a badass character it was like no fear was just traveling yeah, through coruscant getting chased a... down by legions of clones yeah, yeah. and the pilot uh speeder his ship he escapes that's first of all as we know not many of them escape so that already ranks him above a bunch um and then without actually i just fact checked i don't know why i was doubting it obviously he's a jedi master because the knights and the Padawan weren't able to do anything, as we saw. Those are all the ones, unfortunately, when the clones attacked, they just kind of got folded immediately. It was the higher council people that were able to put up a fight like he did. Um, and that's exactly what he did to save Grogu. Um, I want to know, like, if they saved Grogu because he's the legitimate love child of Yaddle, Yaddle and Yoda, and it's so important to get him out of there. Or... Because he's like a young Jedi. I don't know. We'll find out. I think part of it has to do with one of the things that you hate from the, the prequels with the, the M count. Um, 
that plays into like all the cloning and everything we're going to see. Cause I think, you know, we talked, we touched on this a little bit last week with last week's like curveball episode. I think what the Mandalorian and like the Mandoverse is going to try to do is not only extend everything that happened in clone wars and rebels and like give us more fill in the gray area type stuff. I also think Dave Filoni and John Favreau are like on a mission to like right the wrongs of the sequels. I can see that. And, like, connect all the dots kind of thing. Yeah, where, like, the sequels were so, like, splattered and, like, there was so much, like, just weird shit that got thrown into those that didn't really, like, connect properly. I feel like they are trying to, like, be the connectors to make all of the sequel content make more sense. That's a good point. The sequels are doomed doomed from... They they were doomed before I even saw them because when Ember looked before they came out, I was reading about how they were like trying to change directors and certain people were backing out and people like they're changing the staff. And I was like, Oh, that's not a good sign. Which Love. like, <laughs> I think the, uh, we've already kind of started to see them start to fix some of the stuff. And like, we know that it's kind of heading that way too, with like, you know, we're going to start seeing the first order sooner rather than later because of the time period we're in right now with the Mandalorian. And, I think the, uh, you know, we saw the, the Snoke clones in season two and like the, the misshapen ones that didn't fully get there. Um, and just like some of the stuff we saw last week, like, I think it's all leading towards. They were just able fixing to, that. yeah, agreed. They're able to, to make you more interested. Like think about it. Like when the sequels came out, there was kind of, some buzz, obviously, you know, they're big movies, but like, besides a lot of people dressing up as like Ray or Kylo Ren, there wasn't much else. They didn't do, they didn't do any other characters justice, and that kind of faded. Whereas I still have seen so much like cosplay of Pedro Pascal and Grogu because it's you know obviously a cute little Yoda thing, and then I'll and add then- two more characters from the sequels. BB-8, which I feel like any positive droid gets love regardless, just True. because they're very kid-friendly. And this podcast, we are pro-Babu Frick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! But they ruined um, what's his name? Oh, the, uh, Oscar Isaac's character was ruined in that, and then they ruined Finn's character too by direct, director, director choices. So my point is, uh, Mandalorian and Grogu seem to be sticking around in, in, in a positive way because it's a show that people watch, whether they like Star Wars or even like kids, I guess, could watch it too. Or if you just like, you know, like like sci-fi things, whereas I feel like the sequels were really catered to like hardcore Star Wars fans or like finished story kind of thing. But even that felt like you know not good. So I do agree. My roundabout way of saying I do think they're trying to like right the wrongs or at least like connect it without connecting it, like doing the um, the age old tactic of like answering your questions but like not directly like the clones. Yeah. They may not touch on that again, the snow clones, but they clearly were that. You know what I mean? Or we think they're that. Right. So is like they might keep dropping breadcrumbs, like they might reference someone or maybe maybe find like a dead body of a Jedi and be like, Oh, that's blank 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 and then just I mean like leave it. Yeah, because kind of like, you know, in uh, 
Book of Boba Fett, we saw Luke's school getting built that we will eventually see Kylo Ren at, um, which I don't know how you feel about this. I'd be okay with it because since we're heading in that direction kind of anyway, I feel like they're going to fill in that gray area too. I'm not opposed to seeing a young Ben Solo in a show or or some sort of situation on Disney. The young Ben Solo. But I raised you this. Let's get Anthony Mackie and make him a young Mace Windu and have a show. Boom. I don't hate that. I recently read today that Anthony Mackie is a huge Boba Fett Star Wars nerd. I don't hate that. That when they did the you know show, how I love Anthony Mackie. When when he when they did the show, he joked. He said it's the only time he contacted his agent, and he was like, "Can you get me uh, like an interview?" I I don't hate. Plus, he's got connections with Favreau from Marvel. They do kind of look a little bit like I think. And I can see that they have acted together before, obviously. So I wouldn't hate that. I know. I'm just I just thought of that today with the with the, with the uh, documentary guy. Or the, uh, the TikTok I watched with him. But yeah, I feel like we're heading in that direction of filling in that gray area. And then obviously with the branch off, once Ahsoka comes around, we're going to get more from the Rebel stuff and hopefully finally meet Ezra and Thrawn and all that good stuff. Um, but to you, because to me, this episode, I enjoyed it a lot because it felt very season one Mandalorian. Yeah. Where it was like, this happened, giant monster battle, and then we got more backstory for the yeah. plot moving forward. Like, it felt very, like, classic season one of The Mandalorian, which Carl Weathers has obviously been a part of since the jump, so, like, it makes sense. I really appreciated that aspect of this episode. Agreed. It was uh, easy to watch. You got action. You got some storytelling. The only, I guess, drawback was it's kind of short, but at the same time, you also alluded to the fact that it felt like it was longer or they put so much in it in the small run time. So we really can't complain. It was a solid episode uh, start to finish. I, I just got a little part of me. Like I have to, I don't know why I get like, not cheesed up. But, like I giggle at the Mandalorian school because I, I, just, I, just, I just picture like people like cosplaying and I'm not knocking cosplay. I just picture like, you know what I mean? Like people just sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> I have to bring myself back to like, being serious that and when watching the little grogu do like flips i laugh that, that that part is funny watching him do flips it's <laughs> like a little doll i'm like i'm like imagine being on set and like trying to take it seriously if you're that kid actor like i'd be fucking i'd be laughing because whenever i see him flip i just think of the three stooges where they're like boop, 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 boop. yeah i think of that too and i think of like someone like that or I either picture like Grogu like sounding like uh, Ness from Super Smash Brothers. Oh my God! PK that... Fire! <laughs> you guys! Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Um, Dylan, the Rotten Tomatoes people treated this episode quite well, um, which is pleasing to me. You know, just with the direction I think that this season has gone in the first half. Um. Rotten Tomatoes score of 100% based on 10 reviews with an average score of 8.4 out of 10. Um, I enjoyed this episode. I do think this episode, in a weird sense, branches off of stuff we saw last week. So they kind of go together in a way. 
which we've seen now. Episode one and two were kind of like a full-blown tandem episode uh, duo. And then everything we saw last week, kind of the the dark side of things, which I also saw a great point. And you and I, we'll just have to have a, a full-blown boys' night and binge everything uh, with the Bad Batch. People are saying um, that the girl that was like the Moff Gideon's henchwoman that we saw last week uh that she could be like an evil clone like version of the girl that's in the bad batch and i was like i could see that she kind of has like similar features to tamira morrison i was like i could see did you also catch when the clones were talking it was tamira morrison's voice yes that was great um i was like okay that adds levels and makes me now want to like sit down and watch the bad batch because that could be something that comes into play um but i i do feel like that was like the the evil side of things that we saw last week and then this was like everything from grogu's perspective of stuff that's to come from that um so i enjoyed this episode i i think it was really well done carl weathers always knocks his episodes out of the park um and is a really good you know just like directional storyteller yeah um so dylan what is your score for uh chapter 20 episode four of season three the foundling thinking like an 8.2 um i think it's a solid score i don't think no episode this season has like really like wow like wowed me like no i'm not knocking the show we we just happen to have a lot of good tv that is the mandalorian though typically like it's it's the early halves of the season it's a build yeah and like, they're fair, good, and then it's like they punch you in the mouth in the last two episodes. To be fair, I don't think we always gave them that high of a score. And if we did, that's also one of the first shows we graded, so now we have a little more experience. So I, I think an 8-2 is fair for what that is. We got Return of a King in terms of an actor coming back and making an awesome return. Uh, and then we got some action. Um, and we got, we got a Game uh, of Thrones crossover. <laughs> we finally... Saul who saved Grogu, which is important, and the plot for Bo-Katan overthrowing um, the, the cult, <laughs> to, to call them that. Yeah, um, I think there's levels to that that, like, are just starting to build. Yeah, she's uh, she's working her magic. She is how the kids say, plotting and scheming. Uh, scheming and plotting, going... <laughs> Plotting and scheming. Uh, I'm going to give this episode kind of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to go 8.4. Um, thought it was very solid. I love the deep, deep, deep cut and reutilization of a character from a branch off, you know, portion of your galaxy far, far away. Um, and now we have like that big gray area in terms of Star Wars lore and canon and everything. There's, there's cemented, you know, full blown identification of who saved Grogu. How did he get to where he was? Well, it started with Keller and Beck. Um, so I think that was smart and uh, just a, a really solid episode for 26 minutes worth of content. Well done, Carl Weathers and company. Uh, but quick math for the people at home, that's an 8.3. That's a very oh, solid yeah. score as we are now halfway through season three of The Mandalorian and uh, stick around, folks, because we're going to dive into Poker Face with Christian. 
So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. All right, everybody, we are back. It is Poker Face episode seven with yours truly and the boy Christian in for Poker Face. Uh, it's brought to you by our awesome energy drink partners, Dubby Energy, the best in the game. And I got to tell you guys, I am uh, I am thrilled to let you know I've been sipping on my Dubby right here, my my monkey shaker. Uh we got the big energy tears flavor here at the studio and my oh my is it delicious it tastes the blue the blue raspberry big energy tear it tastes like the blue portion of the bomb pops that you would have on the 4th of July it is unbelievable um and you can get yours now because W is fully back in stock outside of the Dragonade, which is unfortunate because I do love that flavor. But Galaxy Grenade in stock, Dub Sludge in stock, and all of their flavors pretty much across the board back in stock in tub form. And uh, you're probably wondering, you know, why Dubby? Well, Dubby was tired of big energy favoring profit over quality and making energy drinks loaded with jitters, maltodextrin filler, artificial colors and dyes, sugars, and other BS. Just take a peek yourself on the nutrition label of an energy drink that might be in your hand while you're listening to this podcast. We grew up, uh, Dubby grew upset with these types of energy drinks and decided to wage the war on big energy by releasing their own energy drinks, which are cleaner and jitter and crash free. So here's to paving the road for a better future for energy drinks where the status quo is no longer profits over quality, where quality actually matters, and where energy drinks don't get a bad rap for being unhealthy and harmful to consume. And you're probably wondering, you know, why else should I go W? Well, like I said, no calories, no sugar, no maltodextrin fillers, no artificial colors. It's made right here in the U.S. of A. And it tastes delicious. So you guys can go to W.GG and use code UNDERGROUND. You get 10% off any and all orders. I will be ordering the Galaxy Grenade flavor for the studio very soon. That is watermelon, guava, and lime. It sounds absolutely delicious. W.GG, code UNDERGROUND. You get 10% off your order. Super effective way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Christian, episode seven of Poker Face, the future of the sport. Wild episode. Um, with, with, uh, uh, with the great Rorschach himself. What what a cast for this episode. We got, we got you know, Tim Blake Nelson, uh, just a unbelievable performance. Um, Charles Melton, Leslie Silva, Angela Desai, uh, Jack Alcott, and of course, the GOAT herself, Natasha Leone, in this bad boy. 48-minute uh, runtime on this episode. Uh, but, Christian, why don't you hit the old spoiler warning for the people? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a spoiler warning. This, uh, go ahead, watch never this week's Face episode. And then, hopefully, a Benjamin Bratt not on your ass. It never you gets turn old. back on this podcast, okay? This has been your spoiler warning. Hit it, Kyle. <laughs> it never gets old. Oh, I love it. Uh, so, the future of the sport. 
at the Peachtree Speedway in Tennessee, uh, late model racing driver Keith Owens, played by Tim Blake Nelson, a third-generation star in his final season who believes he is losing his focus on the track, and hot-headed up-and-comer Davis McDowell, played by Charles Melton, compete for the local championship. During the lap race, Keith takes the lead but experiences hit, uh, hand tremors and self-doubt. Davis rams Keith's car, causing Keith to spin out and thus lose the race. Haha, <laughs> loser! Um, and at the press conference, Keith denies he is retiring, which surprises his family and engages in, a, in an old bout of fisticuffs with Davis. And the announcement angers his daughter, Katie, played by Jasmine Ayana Garvin, uh, who is chomping at the bit to begin her racing career and worries his wife, Donna, played by Leslie Silva, who witnesses Davis vandalizing her garden. Uh, that night, Keith sneaks into Davis's garage and sabotages the car. And during practice, Davis's car malfunctions and crashes, subsequently bursting into flames. Mysterious, one would say. What a what a wild turn! The the race culture never sleeps. But 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 who is in the car, Kyle? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, a few days prior, Charlie, Natasha Leone's character, uh, works at the Camelot Go-Karts Arcade, and she just continues her uh, dirty jobs, but they're not dirty. Uh, new job every single week. Like, yes, it's a murder mystery of the week show, but it's also, let's see what Natasha Leone's new job is show. Parttimework.exe. <laughs> um, uh, Yes, her LinkedIn profile has to be absolutely insane. <laughs> um, so she works at Camelot Go-Karts Arcade and is friends with her co-worker, uh, Jean, played by Angel Desai, Davis's mother. When he's not racing or towing cars, Davis helps out at the arcade and admits that he hopes to earn enough money to compete in the big leagues. Boy wants to ride in the NASCAR, the NASCAR yeah. Sprint Cup Series. Um, so Katie confronts Davis about punching Keith and challenges him on the go-kart track, effortlessly defeating him repeatedly, and his anger prompts him to vandalize the Owens garden and mailbox. At night, as Gene fields a tow truck call from Keith, Davis discovers Keith sabotaging his car and leaving, and Davis inspects the car, finding a fish hook and gear tie in the carburetor. Instead of fixing it, he sabotages it even further by damaging the safety harness. Very interesting. Very interesting. During a practice session, Davis offers Katie the chance to break his Speedway lap record, which she accepts, and unbeknownst to Keith, Katie is behind the wheel of Davis's car when it crashes into a wall. He is delighted when the car crashes, but is devastated when he discovers that his daughter was driving the vehicle. With Katie in a coma... Davis is suspended for letting her drive the car. Aware of Charlie's ability to detect lies, he evades suspicion by stating that his car was sabotaged. He has the car inspected, finding Keith's hook, which would cause a car to crash. Uh, he wants to confront Keith, but Charlie convinces him to let her do so instead. Confronting him, she realizes he sabotaged the car. And later, Keith issues a confession on television admitting to sabotaging the car, but claiming he did not want to get anyone hurt. Uh, Davis is declared the winner of the championship and starts getting offers from sponsors. Charlie starts suspecting Davis 
when he claims Katie's seatbelt malfunction was an accident, which she perceives as a lie. Realizing that he was at home when Keith sneaked into the garage, she checks the garage but is caught by Davis. She raises her suspicions, and when he refuses to answer, she realizes he was responsible for Katie's crash. It was him all along. Uh, Charlie warns Davis against losing his flow uh, the way Keith has, and she avoids death when Jean shows up and forces Davis to let her go. Davis attempts to chase her in his tow truck but fails to catch her. And the next day, backed by his new sponsor, Lucas Oil, not a, not a sponsor of this podcast, uh, Davis prepares to compete uh, before Charlie surprises him. And she knows he was not planning on using the car as he did not have his grandfather's photo on the dashboard. And also talked to Katie, who emerged lucid from her coma and is expected to fully recover and make her debut soon competing against Davis. Charlie walks away while the race is about to begin. Davis notices his hand trembling, similar to Keith, at the beginning of the episode. And we cut to the credits. Boom, boom. I think this episode was way better executed and, like, plotted out than last week's, for sure. Yes, but it still has a little bit of the issue to me where, like, it feels too short. And it left me, like, wanting more. And the ending didn't feel totally satisfying, though it was, like, good. It was better than the last week. Yeah. It was definitely, I think, a better, like, executed, like, plot. Um, and it didn't feel, like, as clunky to get through. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree on your part where, like, it did feel kind of open-ended and, like, not finished in some aspects. But overall, I think it was a pretty solid episode. Um for poker face and uh the critical reception here the future of the sport received extremely positive reviews from critics solani gajar who we bring her up every week we should try to get her on the podcast of the av club gave the episode an a minus grade and wrote that the mystery this week is top notch as poker face subverts its format yet again it's not a simpler case like early episodes while the deaths of natalie damien and or george where the killer is revealed in the opening act, which I did enjoy that part uh, of this week's episode, where it kind of like took you through the entire episode to find out who the killer was. Um, yes, we still know who did it, but there are plenty of twists along the way for Charlie to discover and for us to engage with. I I did really like that aspect of it all. Um, so that was fun and a, a new twist for uh, Poke Face. Um, but Christian, your overall thoughts, and then uh, I'll let you have the floor to give your score. It was a solid episode, better than last week, but having seen the whole series, there's some pretty good episodes to come in these last few. Very excited for it. Um, so what would you give your score for episode seven? I think I gave last week, what, a seven? I think so. So let's say 7.4. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this one like a 7.8. Um, pretty solid. It, it got the job done, added some new twists and new aspects of the show, which is fun, especially for like this late in a season. Um, so the quick math at home, that's a 7.6 out of 10 for Poker Face Episode 7. And uh, very excited as we uh, rattle it down. It means we're on the horizon of a new project. So we'll be right back with a triple box for the people, which hopefully Dylan will be back. Uh, and we're going to reveal our next project, so don't go anywhere. If you let me tease it.
And we've got a triple box for the first time this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. The gang is back together. It's brought to you by our incredible partners over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys should be protecting your eyes no matter if you're inside or outside. The sun is out longer now. Summer's right around the corner. Protect your eyeballs when you're outside with the best sunglasses in the game from Tomahawk Shades at a fraction of the price of those big fancy sunglass dealers that are trying to bend you over and make you spend $4 billion for a pair of sunglasses. Tomahawk Shades is providing even better quality for a fraction of that price. And they're also delivering Blue Light Plus glasses to protect your eyes when you're watching your favorite shows and movies when you're yeah. indoors. Plus, they have prescription lenses now. Who, who doesn't want prescription lenses with the most comfortable eyewear in the game from Tomahawk Shades? You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, use promo code USP at checkout, and you get 25% off your order. That is no joke. That is a massive discount. TomahawkShades.com, code USP for 25% off at checkout. They've been rocking with us now since 2020. They've been one of our longest-running partners. Shout-out to Tomahawk Shades for being the best in the game. Best of the best. Ladies and gentlemen, as Poker Face is uh, winding down in terms of our breakdowns, we are halfway through The Mandalorian Season 3. We need new shows. We need a new shows. Um, and? and this one comes from the Wiz Man himself. And now, suggestion. See, here's the thing. I tried to convince Kyle that we should do Succession, but he doesn't have enough time on his hands to catch up, unfortunately. I I would try and force him to uh, stay on brand and do the and do the boys, but that one's also not out of the question. That is something that I've been like wanting to watch. I just haven't gotten around yes, to it. Yes, but I think we'll hold that until we get a date on when season whatever comes out next, Correct. and then we can plan accordingly there. But no, instead. We're doing our very favorite mustache coach oh, hell from yeah. the middle of nowhere who's who goes from coaching football to coaching football. That's that's right, guys. We're we we are heading to England and we're gonna be talking about Ted Lasso. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah. No, Ted Lasso is going to be the next uh, program of viewing. Uh, I've got some catching up to do simply because I only recently found out I have Apple TV through my Fire Stick, no free ads. But uh, yeah, must now be that nice. I have the viewing ability, one I watch, Zach Carbonara. I'm get call Glenn him out. To... I'm gonna get your dad, Glenn, to kick your ass. <laughs> Put him on full blast. Uh, so yeah, Ted Lasso, I'll be catching up on seasons one and two, um, and giving kind of like how Dylan and I did a rewatch of Daredevil, giving like season by season scores. Um, and then we'll be diving at first into, uh, that was season three as soon as I'm all caught up. That was a fun time. The Daredevil rewatch was a fun time, which I'm sure we will do with the other Netflix Marvel series as well which will be fun for ted lasso too because i love watching a show and having someone like watching it like the first time 
because randomly, whether it's one o'clock in you know, the afternoon or one o'clock in the morning, you get texts in all caps like, he did what? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yes, enough of that part. Well, you, so, you know these shows like put an everlasting impression on me because uh, shout out, you know, I've been fans of them even before they went to Barstool, the Lights Camera Barstool guys. They put out a tweet, what's a, a TV intro that you just can't skip? Literally, I never skipped the Daredevil intro. That intro is a banger. Literally, Kyle never skips Daredevil. <laughs> the Daredevil intro is like certified banger. Like, never skipped it through all three seasons. Um, but yeah, Kyle. Ted Lasso is uh, now on the docket. Kyle, are you ready to believe in a rom communism? <laughs> we say rom com? Rom communism. Oh. What? You you you'll 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 get the line when you watch the show, rom communism. Because Ted, well, so so Ted is known for making all these, ha- having all these weird sayings, lines, and referencing shit, and it's so much fun because he he says this stuff, and because he's around so many British people, they're just like. Huh? What? <laughs> and my hope for once we finish season three is the finale episode is to have the Top Bins boys join us for a full-blown footy crossover event and uh, some cross-promotion of podcasts on our network because it just makes sense. Because I know, I know at least Dom, I know Dom watches it. I'm 99% sure Matt also watches it. Um... So yeah, Ted Lasso will be on the docket, um, hoping to grind through a bunch of uh, season one and two this weekend, and then uh, yeah. we will we will be posting on the social medias when we're starting season three breakdowns. You might catch up to me in season two if Zach doesn't come back soon enough. <laughs> well, I have the fire stick, and you know where I live, pal. <laughs> All right, I'll be over in a couple. And then we'll just have a full-blown boys' day, and we'll watch that and the Bad Batch, and catch up on everything. Sorry, work. I can't come in. Boys. <laughs> Sorry, work. TV is for the boys. For the boys. Uh, so I think without any further ado, now that we have announced our next project that will be on the docket, it is time to get to everybody's favorite segment. It is the streaming platform Multiverse News and Notes brought to you by our amazing partners over at Kenwood Beer, Dylan's favorite beverage of choice to crack open when he's reading the news and notes from around the streaming platform Multiverse. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com, use that all new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can also get it at your local liquor store in Philadelphia. And if you're in the eastern Pennsylvania area, you can get it at your local home goods. So go to KenwoodBeer.com. Check out everything they have to offer. It's the best beer out there. Shout out to Kenny. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. I will be seeing the Kenny boys this weekend and getting more beer for the studio. And they're also going to be part of our live tailgate podcast series this baseball season. So shout out to Kenny. Kenny, I love you. 
I want, I want them to know that. <laughs> They're the best. They're the best. One of our long-running partners. The best. Um, Christian, I will uh, just start this off to make you appeased. Uh, Succession Season 4 debuted with 100% and Rotten Tomatoes from 29 reviews. Sheesh. That's good. Uh, this bit of news intrigued me a ton, simply because I'm a huge fan of just this collaboration occurring. Uh, Trey Parker is set to direct an untitled comedy with Kendrick Lamar set to produce. The film follows a young black man uh, interning as a slavery enactor at a living history museum who discovers that his white girlfriend's ancestors once owned his. Oh boy, that escalated real quickly. That escalated real quickly. Those minds coming together is just fascinating, and the premise of this is bonkos. I wasn't yeah. expecting that description. <laughs> yeah, did you that 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 escalated real real quickly as soon as you said slavery and actor, and it went woo. Yeah. Um. We got our first look at Brandy as Cinderella in Disney's Descendants Rise of Red. Everybody was freaking out on the timeline because that's history right here. You understand? Everybody knows Brandy it was the goat Cinderella in live action. Brandy, you're a fine girlfriend. Uh, we got the final trailer for a movie I know Christian is very excited about uh, releasing April 14th in theaters starring Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage. Renfield. <laughs> like, so, guys, full disclosure, I don't know if this film's going to be good, but it looks like so much stupid fun. <laughs> so much stupid fun. It looks bonkos. Dylan, remind me to send you the trailer for this because you might piss your pants. No, 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 Kyle. We've, we've got, we've got to show it, we've got to show Tim after we wrap the, re, after we wrap the True. It's... Uh, yeah, it, it might cure your Elvis. <laughs> you might shit yourself. Shit, I hope it does. Uh, Gillian Murphy has received his first BAFTA nomination for his performance in the final season of Peaky Blinders. Great actor, I thought we already had the final season. Yeah, he got nominated, uh, for his first BAFTA for it. But, but that final season came out like ages ago. <laughs> Oh, I don't make the rules. Don't you dare question my handsome English man. Hey, hey, we we can share him. All right, that's fine. All right, that's good. That's good. Carry on. Are you, you got... ready for Oppenheimer, Dylan? Dude, I have that. Not, not actually. Ironically enough, my work calendar. I have that date circled. Exactly. <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a movie that, like, that's a boys' night. We just gotta that's like a, go to the theater together. Dude, that that's a theater where you go, you go in, be probably a bunch of dudes, maybe a couple girls, but mostly a bunch of guys, age age from like eighteen to like seventy. That's the just ultimate like, dudes Rrr! rock movie theater. Chris that Lowe. movie theater. <laughs> no, like, that movie theater is going to be the ultimate live action definition of dudes rock. Yeah, gonna be a, it's a mix of like you know, like just you know <laughs> like everything. I don't know. It's gonna be crazy. 
We've got more DC Universe drama. Who doesn't oh. love it? Wait, Zachary... did Ezra Miller get again? <laughs> no, surprisingly. Oh. I uh, that was good. Zachary Levi seemingly confirms reports that Dwayne Johnson blocked Hawkman and other JSA characters from appearing in Shazam Fury of the Gods on his Instagram. Says uh, here, that's uh, the initial report came from uh, Instagram user cea dot m a l a y a l a m lots of a's there uh but the instagram post says the rap confirms that in shazam fury of the gods the justice society from black adam were recruiting shazam in the post credits the rock denied access and david f sandberg had to make a last minute decision to add amelia and john Dwayne The Rock Johnson attempted to restructure the DCEU, centering him and Henry Cavill's Superman. The Rock didn't allow Zachary Levi to cameo in the post-credit for Black Adam via the rap, and Zachary Levi proceeded to share that on his Instagram story with the caption, The truth shall set you free with the upside-down smiley face and this emoji. Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson's everything that's wrong with Hollywood. He... he... He only cares about his brand. A, B. His best film is Moana, and he's not even acting in it. He's just doing voice stuff and singing. Which, congrats. And all his films are the same fucking thing. Where he, uh, where he has to have like the, he has to have, he has to have the whole like savior complex. Like he's, he, he. He is Dollar Store Tom Cruise. Oof. Because Tom Cruise is one of the best I've ever heard of an actor. And 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 I say Dollar Store Tom Cruise because a Tom Cruise cares about everything in the films he's making. He wants to do as much as he can do practically, and he's actually a good fucking actor. That's true, um, and he's you know he's like Tom Cruise is one of like when you think of like action movie star like he's one of like five names or, or three names that I feel like any person would say you know what I mean it's like him where... it's Nick Cage. <laughs> I mean I, to be fair Nick Cage I'm not wrong under his belt so you're not wrong it's um, him Nick Cage Keanu Stallone Schwarzenegger I um, think that's I the five. Not- Honorable mention to um, Bruce Willis. Oh, true. Sub six. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. The real expendables. Yeah, and there are... The, the, there are well, there are and, and what? Like, Arnold the appears. <laughs> does Bruce appear in the expendables? I don't know, actually. Expendables has... Um, it's... Sylvester Sloan, Arnold, Jason Statham... Uh, uh, I don't know if Bruce Banderas, showed up in one of them. Antonio Banderas is in one. Ronda Rousey's in one. Chuck Norris. It's a lot of people. Um, point is though, we all, we all think of uh, we just need a bunch, and The Rock's not someone I name as an an action star. It's yeah. I name John Claude John Jean Claude whatever his name is John Claude Jean Claude Van Damme. There you go. Before I would name The Rock as an action star. <laughs> you know what I have to say to all that? You're welcome. Uh, moving right along. 
uh, gear up, Dylan. I'm sure you'll be excited about this. We got uh, news from our good pals, the Duffer Brothers, this week as uh, the Stranger Things writers describe Season 5 as, quote, if Season 1 and Season 4 had a baby, and then that baby was injected with steroids. That's pretty high praise to, like, say that about your own bro. That, that better deliver, then, if you're going to... Because those are the two that... With how much you and I have talked about Season 1 and, like, the previous seasons, like, off-pod, and then, obviously, we did our, our full-blown... Uh, season four review over the summer, like that—that that has me juiced. I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope I told you before when we did. It, I hope it's dark and just a lot of deaths, as, as as morbid and messed up as that sounds. It's just I don't see it going any other way. But yeah, uh, this one's going to be exciting. I think for all parties involved. Uh, Daniel Kwan confirms that they are directing one episode of Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Yeah. Quote, we love John, love Star Wars, love learning new tech, we love meeting new cast and crew, and we needed the days to keep our health care, so it was an easy yes. <laughs> that last part's a joke. I know. <laughs> but it's very funny. Um... But yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited for that show in general. I think Skeleton Crew is gonna be a banger. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm curious. IMDb only has Jude Law. <laughs> it's just only him. Kyle, uh, quick, uh, uh, quick, uh, quick non-streaming news. Uh, that uh, uh, the uh, the the Tush Push will not be banned this year. Yes. 92% of the time, it's not banned every time. Um, this is intriguing news. Christian and I were talking about it when we were waiting for Dylan to get back from the Elvis mm-hmm. machine. Yeah. Dude, it had to go. <laughs> no, but you'll be intrigued by this news. Uh, Victoria Alonso was uh, canned from her role at Marvel Studios as head of VFX. Uh, and was reportedly singularly responsible for the toxic work environment within Marvel's VFX department. She would reportedly give work to teams she liked, but, quote, if you have pissed her off in any way, you're going to get frozen out. There have been people who have come out and said if she was a delight to work with, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I feel like if Kevin Feige's not, you know, caping for you to stay in his, you know, brainchild that is the MCU... You probably done fucked up in some sort of way. Yeah, as, for the better. Yeah. As as I, as I was telling Kyle, there's there's a specific paragraph. It's 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 either the Variety or the Hollywood Report piece, where it basically says like HR, lawyers, and the uh, guy who Kevin Feige reports to, along with some other executives, were involved in making the involved in this pushing out and Kevin Feige just decided not 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 to get involved, which I find absolutely hilarious because he just looked at all those people and it's like, nah, there there's no way I'm saving you anymore. Kevin Feige literally pulled the SpongeBob. Alright, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> 
Love that. Uh, this is going to be fun. I feel like they have like been rolling out the full-blown like on-fire red carpet. That was all pun intended. Uh, as of this recording today, uh, March 23rd, on Hot Ones, shout out Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk on Hot Ones this week. Big Bob. Um, they've been rolling out banger guests. Pedro Pascal was recently on there. I believe Jenna yeah, Ortega was he, recently he on there. He didn't even flinch for the spices. He's a stud. Well, he uh, he is what? Per- Peruvian? Uh, Chilean. Ch- Chilean. So, so he knows how to deal with that spice, boy. That's true. I know Jenna Ortega apparently didn't really flinch either. When I didn't watch hers, but I saw a tweet somewhere that she pretty much did the same thing and ate it with no discomfort, whereas some celebrities bow out after, like, three sauces. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is an April Fool's joke or not, but it is hilarious, because I feel like this is one of those movies that, like, you talk about, but it also feels like it was fake. Uh, Shark Tale, starring Will Smith, Angelina Jolie, Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese, releases on Netflix on April 1st. Mm-hmm. Keep my fish wife's name out your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love bringing this up for Dylan, uh, because obviously we're both big. Are you, are you a Legos guy, Christian? Did I have Legos? Yes. Do I respect Legos? Yes. Do I care about them anymore? No. Okay. Uh, Dylan, you'll like this, though. The Lego Mandalorian Spider Tank is now available to pre-order from uh, a couple episodes ago. <laughs> I, I, I Never did fails. see that. Never fails. <laughs> Anytime Dylan. I bring up a pre-order of Legos that involves Star Wars, Dylan goes right to the laptop. <laughs> Mine now. Oh, that's great. Drop back other stuff, too. God damn it, Kyle! <laughs> uh, Dylan will also My crippling this. Lego addiction. <laughs> I actually don't buy it that much, but what I do is I put them, I put like three or four in my cart and I look at them for like a long time and I'm like, I don't need that. But every once in a while, I thoughts win and I'm like, ha click. Got him. Uh, Dylan, the four-hour and 11-minute extended version of The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, will release in theaters on April 13th and April 19th. Get your piss bags ready, everybody. Hey, so... I even getting up. So, they they did technically re-release these movies. Like, what was it? Like in twenty, like in twenty twenty one, on like back to back to back weekends with the extended cuts, and I will fully admit I did go and see all of them on back to back to back. Thanks. Uh, I'm intrigued about this. It's definitely something Christian could give a shit less about. Dylan, I'm excited for your take. Uh, filming has begun on the Damn. film Grand Theft Lotto, starring what? John Cena, Aquafina, Simu Liu, and Dolly De Leon. The film is set in a future where if you kill the winner of the Grand Lottery before sundown, 
you can legally claim their prize money. Dylan, the floor is yours. Your reaction. So it's purge, but just with the lottery. I guess. Essentially. I don't know. I don't know, Kyle. I guess it's one of those things that I would watch if it's like on TV, but I don't know if I would go pay money to see it kind of vibe. That makes sense. The cast is intriguing for that kind of movie, though. Yeah. I'll watch it at some point. I'm just not going to go like see it in theaters. No offense to uh, Grant. Uh, boys, saddle up. You you, you got to get ready. This is, this is one of your last opportunities uh, because Brokeback Mountain is leaving Netflix on March 31st. I'll never quit you. No, what does he say? <laughs> no, 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 no. We, uh, I... Uh, I think it's I can't quit you. Oh no! Is it is, is it? I wish I can quit you. Yes. Yeah. 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 And to which I respond, jokes on you. I have recorded the DV in my DVR. Ha ha. It's a good movie, though. I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. But gear up. I'm excited. I feel like this. Is, these are ones we gotta we gotta go back into the vault and uh, do reviews on. Uh, Sam Raimi's Spider Man trilogy will be streaming on Netflix April first. Let's fucking yeah. go, boys. Let's ride. So so a funny story about <laughs> funny story of, of about those films, and I'm and I'm not sure my friend will enjoy me saying this, but he's only listened to one episode of this podcast, so fuck him. Yeah. Uh, give us the dirt. Uh, I was talking. I was talking to him, and I was saying like, I I I was saying that. Uh, Danny, uh, Dan, Dan, uh, Danny Elfman may not have like the longest list of of signature well-known. Comp, comp compositions, but he's responsible for two of the most iconic superhero themes, and he forgot that he did a Spider-Man theme, but he remembered the Batman theme. That's like Gwyneth Paltrow forgetting that she was in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, except <laughs> it, it, the Spider-Man theme's iconic, so yeah. I gave him plenty of shit for that. I am. Excited because now all three of these, and I think Andrew think? Garfield's are on Netflix too, if I'm not mistaken. I probably you have yourself um, a big old Netflix.com. So, uh, why, why am I signed out? Sign in. Um, all the Spider Man's. I'm just shooting. Spooderman. Spooderman. I stand corrected. Amazing Spider-Man 1, not on Netflix. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, you put me in a downward spiral looking at those. Literally, no. Yeah, also not on Netflix. Spider-Verse also... It isn't on Netflix for the first time in a while, which, which Kyle, we should do a rewatch of that before we oh, get yeah. before we get across the Spider Verse in May. Hundred percent. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Spider Man so, Two is one of the best superhero movies of all time. I said what I said. If not the best, love that. I bet. Um, looking <laughs> here, and uh, Apple TV. 
Oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, So, Dylan, brace yourself. Apple will spend $1 billion on producing films to be released in theaters. The company is attempting to partner with other studios to release a few titles in theaters this year, including Killers of the Flower Moon, Argyle, and Napoleon. That's a lot of money. yeah, Yeah, but see, here's the thing you have to realize. They probably spent five hundred million between those three films, just like making them. So yeah. realistically, you're talking about marketing three to four films for five hundred million, of which they may not make all that money back. But it's more so about them establishing themselves in Hollywood, which I love this because. After what happened with Glass Onion and how the theaters were like, this is making so much money, just like keep it here longer. And Netflix said no. No. And they and they were just like, we are not going to have it. Like y'all y'all can wait a month. And the and the only reason it, it even went to theaters was be was because Ryan Johnson demanded and so it really just shows that like artists shouldn't like app apple's making their pitch with this to to say that we are the streaming platform for for true artists and not netflix because we'll actually play your stuff in theaters and stuff like that and then the theater for true artists uh with this next bit of news, A24, new project. Wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo. Uh, Rachel Ziegler, Mason Gooding, Jaden Martell, Julian Dennison, Tim Heidecker, and Alicia Silverstone will star in Kyle Mooney's Y2K for A24. The film follows two high school nobodies who crash a 1999 New Year's Eve party, but crazy disaster strikes. Okay. Well, Kyle, do you... Do you do you know what what A twenty four movies are rumored to come out this year? Because uh, I think there are quite a few that may interest you. I don't know if I do. Outside so, of that Daniel Radcliffe one that you showed me a few months ago. So it's been uh, out for a while, but yeah. So yeah, the, so at the end of April, there's a movie called Bo is Afraid, which stars Joaquin Phoenix. Jakuku Pahuinix. And it's directed by Ari Aster, the guy who directed Hereditary and Midsommar. And it's, oh, this, and it's this psychological drama that which we have to watch the we have to watch the trailer after this the reaction. But it looks like a Charlie Kaufman film. Which if you don't know what 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 that means, I encourage you to just wait and see. Uh, there's uh, there's a film called Past Lives, which had massive praise. Um, there's a new True film Lives? about... No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Past Lives. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a film called Civil War by the highly acclaimed writer-director Alex Garland. And the one that'll probably be two things that'll in- interest you most, a Stephen Curry documentary. I did know about that one. And then something called the Iron Claw. Do you know what the Iron Claw is? I don't, but I'm sure you're going to tell me right now. So, 
It's a biographical sports film of, uh, of, uh, about a real-life wrestling family during, during the early stages of pro wrestling. And it stars Zac Efron, Lily James, Her- uh, Her- Harris, uh, Harris Dickinson, Holt McNally, and Jeremy Allen White. And you will have seen the uh, the Zac Efron the uh, because be because the set pictures of Zac Efron are fucking ridiculous. All right, so I just sent a picture in chat. Click on the link and tell me he does not look like puffed oh, out yeah. of his fucking mind. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. What is this? That that is Zac that is Zac Efron. I think that's I think that is tied for the most ridiculous Zac Efron uh, set shot that I've ever seen, which goes in tandem Dylan with uh, the Baywatch remake when our good friend Michael Leva was in the background of a, of a set shot that's with Zac true. Efron. He's an extra. He's got his acting credit. Oh dear. Uh, I'm very excited because we are about a month away from a show we I will definitely be watching. Uh, April 27th, HBO Max, ladies and gents. Our 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 mommy queen, Dylan Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons star in Love and Death. Oh yeah, it's on my top ten most anticipated projects of the year. I'll be watching it. Can't See? wait. See, you can be excited about that. Well, I'll be excited about, in three days, the best show on TV, period, end of story, Succession, has its sad final season start this Sunday. I'm sorry to hear that for you. I know you like that show. It's always well, tough. Yeah. You know, that you love is going out. Can't wait for Love and Death with Elizabeth Olsen. Very excited for that. Uh, Dylan, you'll also be very pumped about this. Reportedly returning as Mobius M. Mobius in Deadpool 3, our king, Owen Wilson. That's sick. It makes so much sense. And it goes back to the theory that MT from New Rockstars brought up that at the end of Loki in that finale episode where it jumps from one black hole to the other. And then at the very end, when Mobius and B-14 have no idea who Loki is, when Mobius is supposed to be this Loki expert, that black hole and that universe Loki got transported to is the Fox X-Men universe. Because there's no Loki in the Fox X-Men universe. Hmm. Interesting. And now Mobius is expected to show up in Deadpool 3 that is going to star Ryan Reynolds and the boy, Hugh Jackman, as Wolverine. Like... I do like this theory. The math is math, and ladies and gentlemen, I can't wait for I can't that. Math, but I surely can't add. Uh, Lucasfilm is rumored to be announcing three, not one, not two, but three new Star Wars movies at Star Wars celebrations in April. Uh, I think we can all agree we'll believe it when we see it. Bullshit. Literally, see it when I watch it because it could yeah. be crap. They, they, they. They can say three films are in the process of being written, but three films, I can't guarantee, are being made. <laughs> well, they did just say announcing. It's not the f- that they are. Uh, they're just gonna say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to do this." That's what the announcement's gonna be. Yeah, that's true. 
uh, more Lucasfilm information. Uh, the Disney Plus Indiana Jones is rumored to not be moving forward. Disney reportedly told Lucasfilm that they have to focus solely on Star Wars content going forward. Meh. Mm. Uh, looking here, Linda Blair is set to reprise her role as uh, Reagan McNeil in David Gordon Green's The Exorcist reboot. Another reboot. Don't know why we need that. Uh, a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo is in the works. Nope, nope, nope. Burn it. Burn it to the fucking ground. Burn it to the fucking ground. This Steve Knight is writing the reading. script, and Robert Downey Jr. is eyeing to star in the lead role. Guys, have we learned fucking nothing? Have we learned fucking nothing? People, people tried to remake Psycho. It didn't become anywhere near successful. People tried remaking Rear Window. People tried ripping off Rear Window. Does anyone remember? Does anyone remember a woman in the window starring Amy Adams and Anthony Mackie and all of them? It was fucking dog shit. And now, and now you, and now you're gonna try and remake what's considered Hitchcock's seminal work of depth, theme, and everything. And it's just like, oh yeah, oh no, we. We're going to remake his most dense film, and it's going to be Robert Downey Jr., and we don't know who the fuck's directing it. Get the fuck out. I love triggering Christian. <laughs> Get the fuck out. As soon as I saw as soon as I saw the news this afternoon, I'm like, fuck this. Stir no. no. I love stirring no. the pot. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, this is your clip to post on social. This is your clip to post on social, Kyle. This is your clip to post on social. I'm not fucking having this. I'm like I'm... the witch in Snow White going into the underground thing, just cackling right now. <laughs> Paramount. Maybe your original fucking ideas, you dumb fucks. Post on social, Kyle. I love it. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, anything else I might have missed? I can't pull up that. That's a perfect way to uh, to end the episode. There. Make sure you guys are following us at Streamer SZN on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Christian on Twitter at the Wiz underscore PHI. Follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Leave a five-star rating or review. And Dylan, say the line, my good friend. Any of the outlets that you are watching, these three beautiful mugs, you should be leaving in the reviews or the comments. What we are to watch next, those are almost open the lines halfway. And how far <laughs> are they done? Is that the season finale or is there more? We have three more episodes yeah so okay. uh there's we, 10 poker face episodes okay yeah so we basically three or four more weeks and we're out of both the show we're... yeah so leave your recommendations there obviously ted lasso starting in the next couple of weeks on the pod as well um so if you're a ted lasso fan be a friend tell a friend that will be uh talking ted lasso and uh, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're currently at 420 subscribers. Let's get to 430 by the end of the month. And, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> let's get to 1K. So Dylan has to cosplay at Comic-Con. I have to watch season one of Game of Thrones. And uh, we'll get Christian in the mix with something for the 1K celebration. Uh, but go subscribe. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And get your merch. PHI Apparel Company. The best in the game. Get your streamer season merch. PHIapparel.co. Use code Underground for 10% off any order. Tag us when you get your merch. We want to see where you're rocking it from. And this has been another episode of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform, TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Christian, for Dylan, KB, we're about to go to a galaxy far, far away, poke some faces, and uh, just Play start soccer. believing. We're going to start believing. So, uh, till then, we're getting the heck up out of here. Peace. Peace.